Welcome to the Sonic Planes of For Your Reconsideration, where we can observe three primitive apes as they bicker for cinematic dominance. <laughs> Their names are Rob, Simon and James. What have you boys been watching this week? Oh my goodness. <laughs> David Attenborough's job is safe. <laughs> I assume that's who you were doing. It sounded more like Captain Kirk. <laughs> uh, yes, my kids assure me that was David Attenborough, but they've not seen David Attenborough or heard him. So <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> How are we doing, gents? You okay? Great, mate. Great. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Good stuff, good stuff. How are you, Rob? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm I'm really, really good, yeah. Rosie. Lovely. Rosie. Um, what have you been watching? Ooh, I've got two TV shouts this week. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so the first one is a Netflix show called Kingdom. Have either of you heard of this? No. Uh is it the one what's based on that Australian film? Or is that something completely different? No, no. This is <laughs> This is uh, set during Korea's medieval period. It tells the story of a crown prince who is forced to investigate the spread of a mystery, uh, mysterious undead plague that has beset the current emperor and the countryside. It's like Game of Thrones scale and epic, uh, but with zombies. Wow. And it's amazing. It's really, really good. How have I never heard of this? The scope is massive and it must cost an absolute bomb to make. It is in <laughs> Korean with subtitles. That's potentially why it's not crossed over over here. Yeah, but yeah. you can watch it with an English dub if you really can't stomach the uh, the subtitles. But I would recommend against that. It's really ace, Amazing. and it's only six episodes. It's really good. Oh, nice, nice. I don't mind the like uh, the subtitled things on Netflix because did did you guys watch that dark one? That was on the German one. No, no, I, I'm desperate to, but didn't see it. That is fantastic. So that's another yeah. overseas Netflix program to check out. Anyway, carry on, James. On to the second one. What We Do in the Shadows has been adapted for TV oh, and nice. uh, relocated to the USA, Staten Island, to be precise, and it's bloody brilliant. Oh. So if you like the uh, 2014 film, and I very much do, you'll love this. It spans on the vampire mythology and is led by three wonderful British leads. So Kayvon Novak, the phone jacker himself. Rubber dinger rapids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Berry and Natasha Dimitriou, who I wasn't familiar with, but she's really, really funny. And then I found out I was familiar with her. She's been on like 8 out of 10 Cats and stuff like that. Uh, but I didn't recognise her at all, and she's really funny. Yeah, she's great. Uh, it's on BBC Two, I believe, but I've been watching it on the iPlayer, and uh, it's really, really good. Now, Wicked, yeah, Wicked. I, I caught it the other day when I was working late. They had like a few episodes on. Um, it's, they've proper nailed it compared to the film, haven't they? It's like exactly the same. Just in in New York. Yeah, well, it's uh, um, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement are still involved. So I think Taika Waititi directed the pilot. Uh, Jermaine Clement has directed the other episodes that I've seen so far. So right. they've been really heavily involved in the uh, in getting it up on its feet by the looks of things. Nice, cool, cool. I'll have to check that out properly. What about you, Sai? Uh, a couple of things this week. I had like a. A morning of watching Seth Rogen Judd Apatow films. Ah! <laughs> so I, I rewatched uh, the Forty-Year-Old Virgin for the first time in ages. Oh, what a uh, movie! It, it's even better than the first time I watched it. It's amazing. Oh, really? It's yeah. So yeah. 
uh, and then watch Superbad for like the 80th time. (laughs) It's the perfect background noise. So good. I love that movie. The background noise of that is just, oh, it's amazing. It's just quotable. Quote after quote. Fucking brilliant. (laughs) And then on your recommendation, James, I rented Sorry to Bother You. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I'm trepidatious. What did you think? Wow. You were not wrong about the third act being absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I think the whole film is pretty mad, but yeah, it did take a turn I did not see coming yeah. whatsoever. But it's <laughs> it's definitely the most it's definitely the most original film I've seen for for yonks. It's good. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Really wild. There's no horsing around in that one. <laughs> uh, I assume Rob has not seen this, so he will not get that joke. Nah, I mean, you've noticed I've been quite quiet for a while here. I, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, okay, I am lost. We only mentioned that on the podcast last the other week, Rob, you know, but if you're not going to listen to any of the recommendations. No, I did. I actually asked you to slide into my DMs with it. And, um, <laughs> and I still never, you know, I only remembered when I re-listened to the podcast. Anyway, you know, I think you'll all get the idea of my listening week and what I'm up to with movies when I tell you that um, I re-watched Casper the Friendly Ghost this week. <laughs> <laughs> so the there you go. final destination. <laughs> no, no, sort of like maybe in the same universe, you know, the multiverse, the Casper <laughs> final. De- fi- Do you say final destination? Oh, final. De- I thought you said fire in the sky. It's only because he's Casper. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Again, yeah. I, I love my tenuous links. It's only because uh, Devon Sawyer is Casper when he becomes a boy again. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> my little girl who's four still thinks it's a girl. Like she said, you know, at the end, have you seen at the end, he turned, Casper turns into a girl. I'm like, oh dear, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's what, what they were aiming for. But hey, modern spin Go team. It. Modern spin. Go team. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, whose movie was it this week? I'm delighted to say it was mine. James, I'm delighted too. I, I've been excited since you mentioned this. Oh, so should we get the show on the road? Let's do this. Let's do this, please. <laughs> okay, so this week's movie needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it one anyway. So we're going back to 1985 the, for the fourth, and I would argue, iconic entry in the Rocky franchise. Sylvester Stallone writes, directs, and stars in the quite magnificent Rocky IV. Oh, yes. Today, the Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. This is not just an exhibition fight. This is us against them. He would like to compete against anyone who is qualified. Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. Whatever he hits, he destroys. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Paul. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. Tabibi, he's going to have to kill me. 
Why can't you change your thinking? Because I'm a fighter. You can't win! It's been like locked in my head. I actually went boxing this morning with that on, and my god, I was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the best soundtrack. It's the best slash shittest soundtrack ever. <laughs> no, I think like. Do you remember when you said the other week, James? Like, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you enjoy it, you yeah. enjoy it. I love this business here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh dear. So oh. I'm assuming the music on that trailer will tell you straight away that it's. You know, we only just last week talked about how great, a couple of weeks ago, how great the Tron soundtrack was. We got a rival here. (laughs) We got a serious rival here. (laughs) Um, It's probably the best music I've ever heard in my life. I I can't think of anything better. But James, why did you pick this movie this week? I just love it. I mean, I can't, I can't stress that enough. You just want to watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. First off, I am a huge Rocky fan. Uh, Do you want my ranking, by the way, of the Rocky movies? Oh, let's have it. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's have it for it. So, Rocky IV, obviously number one. Um, Creed is number two, because that's amazing. Creed is brilliant. Creed, Creed is, is incredible, yeah. Third, probably a little bit surprising, Rocky Balboa. So, that's Ooh. the 2006 yeah, yeah. one that with the uh, Rocky coming out of retirement after Adrian's Ooh. death. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Creed two, which is a direct sequel to this particular film. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I've not seen that yet. I'm, I am bursting. I think it's coming to Netflix in June, Creed 2. So if any of our listeners want to watch Creed 2 and they haven't watched Rocky 4, or if you have seen Creed 2 but you were wondering who, what all the Russian business was, this is the movie that we're discussing tonight that's going to set you up and answer all of those oh, questions. Yeah. Uh, then the rest of my order is Rocky, Rocky 3, Rocky 2, and then Rocky 5, which nobody wants to talk about. Yeah, Rocky 5 <laughs> wasn't the best. Is that the Tommy no. Gun? That was... Tommy yeah, Gun. yeah, yeah they're, Gun, they're yeah. awful. So I love it. I'm a huge fan of the franchise. This movie is my favourite, and for me it is a reinvigoration of the series after two fairly middling sequels. Uh, it mixes the excess and trashiness of an 80s action flick with an underdog story that is quintessentially rocky. I'm aware of its limitations. Some would argue it's barely a film, and I couldn't really <laughs> argue against it. Um, but, <laughs> but you know what? It just gets my blood pumping. This movie also, in my opinion, is the perfect representation of the classic three-act structure. So if you want to get into screenwriting and want to garner a better understanding of how three acts work in a movie, watch Rocky Four, as this is the bare-bones representation of that format. <laughs> so um, unlike the other movies that we've done on this podcast so far, it's also educational. <laughs> Yeah, I love the way you said, like, you know, uh, mentioned screenwriting because I was unaware there was a script. I mean, I thought there was fight <laughs> choreography, but oh. I wasn't really aware of any sort of... 
So good. Uh, this is cinema. Like James, what I've got from you there is like this is cinema for the pure enjoyment of watching movies, isn't it? In the eight, specifically in the eighties as well. It's, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's objectively rubbish. I know it's rubbish, but I love it. I totally agree. If someone goes, it's absolutely terrible. I can't argue against that, but I love it anyway, regardless. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested to ask, like, when was the first time that you guys watched this? Sai, when did you first see this? Uh, well, I, I mean, I was surprised to see it came out 85, which was a year before I was born. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, well, before in single figures, I guess. I remember it. I remember watching it again at my Nana's house. This is the second time I'm watching films at my Nana's house has popped up. Honestly, can we get your Nana on the pod? <laughs> She'll have no. It'll, it'll be an hour of her trying to figure out how to turn on a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have a confession to make though, lads. I was never that into Rocky. No, that's allowed. Of course, that's allowed. Yeah, I was never. Anything's allowed. I mean, because because I, I get you. What the first one came out? What was it? Seventy six or something? Yeah. But I, as a kid, you know, as this eight year old, I'm going to say eight at my nana's house watching it. I definitely remember it being like the most accessible one. Yeah. Yes. It's just so easy to follow, <laughs> and it's yeah, got yeah. like you've got. Um, a, a, a clear villain, a clear good guy, tragedy in the middle of it. Um, yeah. Robots. Robots, yeah. A whimsical <laughs> robot. There's a lot of slapstick in it as well. And then you, like, so, you know, the, the, ori- the original Rocky, like, is Oscar-winning material. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like, such a well-made movie from, you know, Stallone's script and all that. And it's Stallone's baby as well, isn't it? That's like yeah, he, yeah. You can see he loves these movies because he's he's direct. Did he direct the two before this as well? Did he do two? And yes, three? he directed two, three, this one, and Rocky Balboa. So he's directed four of the six that he's starred yeah. in. So it's a humongous passion project for a minute, but it is, it's isn't like it? they seem to just cash in uh, and become more and more daft the further it went into the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, <laughs> I think this is the sort of pinnacle of how daft it is, but that's why it was so good, I thought, as an eight-year-old yeah. watching it, just being like, as his kid is in the film, just be like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> so good. I don't know if you guys are sort of privy to this as much, but in London there's a cinema called the Prince Charles Cinema. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. It's a fantastic cinema. So it's a, it's in, it's just oh. off Leicester Square where all the sort of big premieres happen. But it's this tiny little independent cinema what plays like old movies and they have like sing-alongs and oh. screenings of like uh, classic movies. But this is one of those films what would fit into a like an all-nighter at the Prince Charles. They do like, oh, all, I think they've done a, recently done a Stallone all-nighter where it was loads of Stallone films. Oh, And this is just one of those films what sits right in to that sort of audience where you guarantee they were all watching it just going like, fucking yeah, Rocky, woo, woo. I, <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say that the Prince Charles cinema was a posh screening of a well-loved film where Prince Charles introduces it. <laughs> right, so we've got the Ro- Rocky Four here. And, uh, you know, uh, so no, obviously I got My that wrong. My favourite of the series. My favourite of the series. Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much better impression, man. <laughs> Lads, as much as we've enjoyed this film right the way through our lives, um, how was it actually received at the time, Si? Oh, it's a low one. It is a low one. Seriously? Yeah, 
critics both on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic uh, average out at 40% uh, for both of them. So the critics don't... And I think James briefly touched on it. The, the main, like, sort of sticking point with them is that there's... It's really basic. It's basically three scenes. <laughs> so that's their main sort of... It's, it's, it's really sort of dumbed down. And some were like, we don't like the heavy-handed Cold War stuff. Um, but audiences on both have it way better. So 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.4 on Metacritic. Now we're talking. So obviously, I think that's quite a predictable predictable outcome on the old on the old reviews yeah do, do you think that illustrates like a disconnect between critic and audience about what at times people want you know if something feels really good and looks really good and is dead exciting audiences are more happy to overlook like all the the classier stuff that critics might look for i suppose yeah i think like if you're looking at this with your notepad open <laughs> and you're going like oh the uh the mise-en-scene is terrible in this scene. Oh, the, the, the scripting isn't, isn't very, you know, it's not very, uh, you know. Um, you've got Carl Weathers saying, what does he call him? Stallion. He calls him Stallion yeah. about eight yeah, million yeah. times. Oh, yeah. It's lovely. Um, so, oh, the script isn't, isn't all that at this point. But then, like, there's no way anyone has watched this film and not, cheered at the end or come out really, really There's no way. You can get out right now. Uh, One review got uh, got my attention when I was scrolling through Rotten Tomatoes. Ian Nathan in Empire, I think he gave it two stars and he described it as ridiculous jingoistic nonsense. Accurate. Fair enough. That's that's, that's my same review, but four stars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mine, but five stars. Yeah. I I caught a really really funny one. from, this is for, it's quite a recent one, February 2019. Uh, this is from a chap called, uh, I think it's Zaki Hassan. It's from a place called Zaki's Corner, which I guess is sort of a film blog. I haven't seen it myself, but I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out on the strength of this review. Uh, so his, his one-liner is, it's a bad movie, no doubt, but at the same time, and somewhat paradoxically, it's a great movie. Figure that one out. All <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Zaki Hassan, you it's are the man. On. It's like, yes, that is exactly You what are it. our kind of boy. <laughs> yeah. It is, that's what you, I want buddy. to really deconstruct on this episode is, why do we like this so much? We've all oh, seen I... great films in the past, right? <laughs> and putting yeah. our thinking caps on, we should not be impressed by this. But we all are, right? <laughs> Like to the point of adoration. I mean, it's like oh, it's no. hero worship here. <laughs> uh, James, what about um, budget and box office? This being the fourth in the series, were they still giving um, John Rambo the big bucks to make his boxing movies? Yes. Yeah, so this is a thirty million dollar budget, which would have been quite big back in nineteen eighty five, I would think. And this was a monster hit. It really? did three hundred million dollars wow. worldwide. <laughs> Absolutely smashed it. You'd have to. That is that is ten times over ten yeah. times in, in money. That's got to be billion, budget. hasn't it? Like in it has modern... to be. It's basically Avatar of boxing oh, movies. <laughs> Now, you know when they do the Criterion Edition, which is already they've already done four or five times now, but the next Criterion, criterion Edition, the Avatar of Boxing Movies on the front, James Stewart, for your reconsideration, five stars. <laughs> Superb. 
So yeah, Stallone's really in his groove at this point. So Rambo First Blood Part 2 came out the same ah. year, so he's had a massive 1985 there. Woof. He is box office at this point. Curiously, he didn't direct again until uh, the 2006 Rocky Balboa. I mean, I suppose when Seriously, he put perfection he t- up he on the screen. Seriously, he took a 21-year gr- break from directing. <laughs> what? I guess he didn't need to, did he? He just wanted to... A... Because was this the the sort of start of the Arnie rivalry as well? Oh, must have been around the mid eighties. So he was just churning out, churning yeah. Out, like Terminator was eighty four, wasn't it? After yeah, so I reckon this is probably the start of the rivalry with Schwarzenegger. Friendly rivalry because they are friends, aren't they? Well, um, Planet Hollywood, yeah, yeah. baby. And yeah, you you so he just sort of went into like action movie mode. Yeah, definitely. Cobra was the one after this. Yeah, yeah, Rambo three. And then Tango and Cash, which is oh, one of my favourites. Again, really low on the That's a stay tuned, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe that's why you just took a sidestep from the director to try and beat Swartz. <laughs> he failed, obviously. He did fail, sadly. But. So good. Uh, what, what, um, what came out in 1985 that was uh, sort of like in competition with this? Well, nothing by the sounds of the box office. Well, yeah. whatever it was, it got fucking trounced at the box office. <laughs> whatever it was is irrelevant. <laughs> Rocky IV was Eve, Ivan Drago and the other movies were Apollo Creed. <laughs> I'm still not over the death of Apollo Creed. We'll get into that. Though. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not over the awful officiating which led to his death <laughs> let's put it like that <laughs> oh 1985 is a proper uh brat pack year so breakfast club and weird science came out that year oh seriously big one. back to the future came What's out that on? year the goonies came out that year so this is what like, a year for film this is what like, a year for film oh can i have a slightly controversial uh opinion go squeeze Ooh. it in i hate the goonies hate them wow Wow. Hate every single one of them. Wow. I'm rooting for the baddies wow. to kill them. All they have you watched it recently? All it is is wall to wall screaming, like it's non-stop. <laughs> oh, it's so irritating. I no, hate I... every single one of them. I wish they'd get trapped underground forever. The first person I have ever met who didn't like the Goonies. But hey, man. <laughs> well, this is why we do this pod. I do not like the Goonies. 1985 is in. In, is insane. Commando was Schwarzenegger's oh movie, which Whoa. didn't make any. Surely made nowhere near as much as Rocky Four. Should have done. Teen Wolf was out that year. Bloody hell, eighty five. What a year, eighty five. Flipping egg. So, should we dive into the movie? James, lead us in. Tell us how does this film open? Well, this film opens with um, footage from the last one. To be honest, <laughs> it opens with the end of Rocky Three. Uh, which is not, you know, it's not. In, it's that's not the first time we see footage from old ones in this film, is it? <laughs> the first three and a half minutes aren't even any new footage. <laughs> yeah. So that bit with, uh, you know, where the where Apollo Creed and Rocky take off the top and they're like glistening, muscly men. Yeah, that's the oh, end yeah. of Rocky Three. It is, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, there's a fight with Clubber Lang as well. <laughs> Just unashamedly, I've like the Clubber Lang bit, then that bit. Because that's the last shot, isn't it? You know, where they punch each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like where they clearly simultaneously sparked each other out. <laughs> then they had to freeze frame. Yeah. They're, they're about to punch each other in the face quite hard. Yeah. A, a slight hint that boxing isn't actually the main, you know, 
<laughs> Authentic boxing isn't really a big part of the Rocky movies. I think it's possible. Apparently, like... sound effects were. Apparently, sound effects are the. It's one of the few movies where it's actual sounds of punching. Really? Uh, for sound effects rather than the old meat on a pavement or things <laughs> like that. A wet pillow. I think it was Turtles where it was a wet pillow on some concrete. Oh, I like that. That's how they made Love the that. punch noises. There certainly wasn't any uh, real sound effects of punches being blocked because I don't think a single shot gets blocked in this entire film. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let, can we just face it that Rocky, for all his, you know, his um, come from behind uh, abilities, he's not the greatest defensive fighter. <laughs> None of them are. Even Drago's rubbish under the defense. Like, get behind that long reach. <laughs> I don't think Drago's hands go above his pectorals at any point during the end fight. But anyway, we got to get to that end, end fight first. But so yeah, basically, I mean, like Creed and Rocky decide they're going to sparko each other out <laughs> behind closed doors, and then this movie picks up like five minutes after the end of Rocky Three, doesn't it? So like, it does basically. Yeah, basically, he comes home for, for having got his ass kicked by Apollo in the most friendly and homoerotic way I can possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, and he gets back He gets back, and, and we now know that Rocky is like properly rich. And the reason that you know he's rich... Well, is he's that- a world champion, isn't he? Yeah. Of course he is, of course. But the main giveaway that he's rich is not like the big sweeping shots of the house. No, it's because his little kid's got a broadcast quality video camera. That's how you know he's made it. <laughs> That's the immediate introduction is his kid who's about six or something. <laughs> Very expensive equipment. Like, yeah. Professionals at the time were like, oh, I wish I had one. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's got a light on it and everything. Never mind. At the time, I, I wish I had one now. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets, his, uh, his, his uh, richness goes even further than that when he gives Paulie his whole birthday gift. Yeah, so the first 10 minutes of the film are essentially like a really poor sitcom at home with the Balboas, basically. <laughs> like, And it is proper like sitcom stuff, in it? Oh, in this episode, it's Paulie's birthday. And Rocky's uh, yeah, got him a yeah. present he's just gonna love. <laughs> I mean, uh, can I just... Uh, right, Paulie is an awful guest, isn't he? Just moaning and whinging. I think he lives there. He's not a guest. Oh, well, it's even worse. Just a horrendous slob who lives with them, moaning about everything, whinging away. Oh, it's his birthday. Oh, what did you get me? Oh, are you in for a surprise? I mean, I think like Rocky was a bit of a dick for turning up like four hours late for Paulie's birthday. Yeah, no, you know, I think his son filming it was a bit harsh as well. You know, well, I initially thought it was his son's birthday, and I was like, well, you're Rocky. You piece of shit. And he's got him a really expensive gift, to be fair. Do we want to oh, talk well. about the robot? Because the robot's in this a lot more than I remember, to be honest. Yeah. The introduction to the robot is superb. Unfortunately, the music doesn't make the soundtrack. The the song what the plays. I don't, I don't. I have never been more obsessed with a filmic choice than this robot. <laughs> What happened that made anyone stand up and go, I've got the best idea ever? I mean, I would understand it if this was 1977 and Star Wars had just come out and we had to get a droid in there somehow. But this is... It's so good. Uh, What is going on here? I have a hypothesis of what might have happened. Tell us. Tell us. Um, This is complete speculation on my part. I think that Sylvester Stallone was at a cocktail party 
met a tech giant guy and either he said, can you, you make me a robot for a film and I'll put it in it? Or the guy said, I've got a robot and can you put it in one of your movies? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's mentally irregular, but I'll put it in a new Rocky movie. How's that for you? <laughs> it's the most useless robot. All it could do, from what I gather, all it could do is bring you a can of beer really, really slowly. <laughs> that's, and that's, yeah. that's what it does. Uh, it it's got a phone just... attached to it. Um, it's got a, a hi-fi built in. It's massive. It's about eight feet tall and six feet wide. It's I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not, it's, yeah, it's like it's like having a Smeg fridge wandering around your living room, <laughs> doling out beers and playing eighties classics at you. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna die. I did enjoy the suggestion that Paulie uh, has sexual relations. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, we were just talking about technosexuals, weren't we, in the yeah. Tron Legacy episode? Is Paulie the original technosexual? <laughs> he changes the voice to some sexy lady's voice. Oh, oh and just, just no, but horribly, like some subservient lady's voice. Like, oh, Paulie, I love you. You, you need to watch yourself. Oh, oh I, you know, like, Paulie, <laughs> what is wrong with you? It was the eighties. Oh no! It's, I, I just. Oh. I mean, he sees a piece of tech and Paulie's thinking... How can I fuck this thing? <laughs> uh, no, I, I've got no doubt that they've consummated the relationship. I've got no doubt in my mind that that's what's happened. That's the horror. Which the one of horror. these doohickeys do I put my dick in? <laughs> I can't... I, but how did this... How was this allowed? Because this film obviously is dated, but the thing that dates it the most... Is this thing this <laughs> this <laughs> this scene stealing? Well, there's a lot of things what date this. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not even an actual robot. It's a geezer in a suit. I mean, it's horrendous. It's not even a decent effect. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love it's there. And it is I, practical, Rob. You must have enjoyed that. Oh, I love that. I love especially at the end when, you know, we didn't know it's Christmas, but apparently it is because the robot's got a Santa beard on. <laughs> That's the only so, reason. Well, they'll be fighting on the 25th of December in Russia. I didn't know that. How? What was it? Was I too busy going like, there's no easy way out. And, and I haven't picked up on the date or anything like that. Yeah, no, when yeah, he's having the press 25th. conference later on. Yeah, December ah. 25th in Russia for no money. Worst Christmas ever. For no money. <laughs> I think, right. No right, money. Right, got, so that explains why he's got the worst training camp in history. <laughs> not paying anyone. Everyone's off work. Pay- yeah, Paulie's <laughs> gone out there for six more months of living at Rocky's place with his robot bride. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. Um, so uh, this uh, during this period here like when um the this is just after we've had Paulie's introduction to his future flame the robot uh, which doesn't have a name i thought with the amount of screen time it would have a name but it doesn't have one um but i think it's called fuck nuts <laughs> yeah I, I i won't be repeating that i, I can't say that <laughs> but this is the first time i noticed that the clothes in this film are unbelievable when rocky goes to bed with a pile of cake and he's wearing a sailor oh uniform my God. to bed with his wife 
It's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like he's about to go and fight Bruce Lee in a new Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like karate, karate vibe pajamas. I don't know what's going on, but I'm enjoying everything. And it, this is where it starts to feel like, I mean, it already felt like, it feels like a promotional video from the 80s for some terrible corporation that did cigarettes. There's freeze frames, <laughs> there's big fades, there's still images of magazine covers. It's filmically, it's absurd. I love every minute of it, but it's a lot of shiny, muscly men. Like, uh, Stallone is in like peak condition in Rocky. Oh, he's in unbelievable nick for this uh, one, isn't he? Yeah, he's not messing about. Watch this back. Yeah, he must watch this back and just go, Whoa, really good in Rocky. He's in great shape. He, he is rippling all over the shop, as is Carl Weathers. Yeah, yes. they're all the all oh. are. Lundgren as well. Oh, yeah. Bridget Nielsen as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shredded. <laughs> um, and then... Well, Everyone in this movie is in peak physical condition. I think that we can't yes. stress that enough. Apart from Paulie. <laughs> I don't know. It depends what you want out of a man. Obviously, the robot thought he was in peak physical condition. <laughs> oh, no. Not on my visor. No. No, James, no. <laughs> I don't know how to continue. <laughs> All right, well, so... Polly, we... now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I'm gonna, I've got to, I'm going to have to move on because I don't even know how to put words to that. Um, we, we then flash forward to Apollo Creed is loving life in a swimming pool with his dogs, playing fetch. But is lo- he? Is he loving life? Well... I thought he was, but he's clearly not. And because he, he gets very angry about, um, yeah. uh, uh, just I think he's originally angry just because there's a Russian on his <laughs> his television set. Yeah, I think he's jealous, isn't he? Because because they keep mentioning mentioning Rocky, so they're all like, "I want to fight Rocky. I want this. I want yeah. that." No one wants Apollo Creed anymore, so he's a bit pissed off with that. Because I think this is the film where I think Apollo Creed's actually a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. He brings it all um, on himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, he brings everything on himself. But yeah, he wants this fight just because he's jealous of Rocky, basically. Yeah, I think from P- Apollo's perspective, you're thinking he's just duffed him up in a behind-closed-doors match and he's like, well, I'm still amazing and if he wants to fight Rocky, he can fight me instead, basically. And yeah, I'm I, I, show I, everyone that I'm still the man. I, th- I think this is the question, though, that like you know you get this a lot watching boxing. I mean... Um, between the three of us, we watch a bit of boxing together, don't we? You know, and um, certainly ingredients yeah, yeah. between us, we we follow the sport a lot. And the question of when to bow out is a big question that's constantly asked. When's a good time to buy out, bow out? And you often don't, you know, a lot of fighters with the greatest respect to them don't bow out at the right time. Amir Khan. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, the question of when do you bow out? And I think that's what, um, Apollo Creed is trying to handle here. You know, he's how do you call it a yeah, day? It how is, do yeah. you call it a day when you've gone to those such massive heights? How do you call it a day? But the thing is, he's been retired for five years. <laughs> oh, I didn't <laughs> like, know that. Clearly, state that. that it's not a new thing. How has he not got over it yet? Like... So basically, it's just like them going up to Carl Froch and Carl Froch getting upset and saying, like, right, I'm gonna have to have a, I'm gonna have to have a fight now. Um, yeah, for, yeah, he's in good nick though, isn't he? Again, oh, he's like, in immense really nick. good nick. Incredible, yeah. and I love his. He's got such honest, earnest eyes. 
Carl Weathers as an actor, I, I'd buy into him all the time. You know, really, really would buy into him. So was this before Predator? Oh, Predator was 87, I think. Yeah, so Carl Weathers has been on either side of the Stallone-Schwarzenegger rivalry. Oh! Yes. So this was before Predator. This is pre-Predator, yeah, yeah, by a few years. So if anyone could bridge that gap, then this man can. Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's how Planet Hollywood started, is he he introduced them. Oh, yeah. That's that's the story I've got in my head. (laughs) Ha-ha! And well, then throws out. We're just writing weathers. our own macho fan fiction. <laughs> if that's the best thing that Chubs. comes out of this podcast, some amazing eighty-five fan fiction, <laughs> then we're onto a winner. Uh, I think, like, as soon as he's seen this TV moment, he calls up Rocky, doesn't he? And Rocky's washing his car in one of the greatest Adidas tracksuit tops of all time. <laughs> Oh, Honestly, yeah. the clothes I think in this the wardrobe film, is excellent. It is. For, I, no, I yeah. would wear every single item tomorrow. <laughs> every yeah. item. There's he, a lot of like sponsorship in there. Like, oh, there's a Hugo Boss. There's a Hugo Boss outfit it, like, like, as well. Like, yeah, Carl Weathers Corner Team is sponsored by Hugo Boss. <laughs> Incredible! <laughs> it reminded me of when Conor McGregor was fighting Mayweather, and he like decked all these guys out in like really plush suits to be in the corner. Yeah. It's just like, it just comes across as all the gear, no idea, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a literal case of that. Uh, and uh, But while he's, so he's washing his car, showing us that Rocky's still the everyman, you know, uh, and um, yeah. he's dancing with... I mean, he uh, should get Paulie to do it. He probably lives there rent-free. I think, honestly, I think Paulie should be the, the mop. Just put Paulie soaked on the top of the car and roll him round <laughs> until the car is clean. <laughs> Because the, the the robots. I mean, there. Paulie should be the Biff Tannen, shouldn't he? Really, to um, to Rocky's George McFly. <laughs> no arguments there, mate. No arguments there. So this was the this is the first time we see Eva Drago, isn't it, on this little TV screen? Right. Yeah, with his crisp flat top. Oh, oh, he's amazing flat, flat top. Flat Doesn't top. say a word. It's all Bridget Nielsen, who's like the mouthpiece for him. Same hairdos between them. Yeah. Is this the say? Is this his first film, Rocky IV? I think it might be, you know. I think I might have read something there that, he, uh, that it may be. I'd have to double check that. Yeah, I, I couldn't say for sure. It's um, definitely like an early one, isn't it? Because he's... Yeah. He, does, he doesn't have many lines, bless him. But... By God, is he like intimidating and just like fucking hell? He's, he's a big a boy, scary isn't he? Dude. He's a big boy. Well, apparently, him not having much dialogue was a conscious decision because in the previous three Rocky, yeah, so he's in a view to a kill, uh, Dolph Lundgren, oh, and then he's in Rocky like... Four. So, but they both came out in the same year, so he was like a henchman, I think. He must have been, yeah. There's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, so what they did was they made a conscious decision. That because um, in the previous films, obviously you've had Apollo Creed in the first two films, and uh, as the adversary, and then Clubber Lang in the third film, and they were all quite gobby characters, always running their mouth and giving it a bit of razzle dazzle. They they've said it'd be better for him to go up against a more silent opponent who was just more physically intimidating rather than. Uh, having right, the flash right, pitter right, right. uh, patter, and I think it worked brilliantly. To be honest, it worked. It worked. Like for me, he's the most memorable Rocky adversary, definitely out of all of them. Oh, I mean, I, oh yeah, yeah, no question, no question. This, this is, this is, is me as a nine-year-old like, yeah. talking as well. 
But because I mean, what Apollo, there was two films. Yeah, there, yeah, but, but that's uh, uh, because I think that um, the the balance between Rocky and Apollo was always based at the end on respect, and that's why they're mm. good mates. Yes, which makes Drago even more of a villain and even more memorable. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love how um, Chubbs Peterson and uh, Rocky are really good mates. Honestly, I, um, ju- I just think they're so nice together. You know the the way that they they look at each other and talk to each other is dead honest. You know, I know the yeah. characters, but like I still I still buy into it. You know, when they're watching their early fights on telly. On the big screen, yeah. at the that's all really lovely. That's after it they've does had a feel lovely, like a real friendship, doesn't it? It really like, does. It does feel like yeah, a real friendship between Weathers and Stallone. As and well. Weathers go into his house to get advice whether he should take the fight or whatever. I mean, again, like the the, the machinations of how you put a fight together aren't really well explored in this. It's just suddenly happening, and Carl Weathers, despite Rocky being called out, Carl Weathers is suddenly fighting Ivan Drago. <laughs> but they have a lovely meeting yeah. about it with champers around a lovely table, and Carl Weathers is wearing lovely grey slacks and a Nehru collared button-down shirt. And I don't know how we've got there, but we got there. <laughs> I don't think Rob was wearing any clothes when he was watching this film. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I was I was literally going through my wardrobe thing like what can I do to replicate that? It's the only time I've swayed from double denim. Did you did you hundred percent, hundred percent, baby. <laughs> it really does push on this film, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. There's no hanging about. Like <laughs> No, I love it. I really like it. I like it for that. I like it for that. Because the, the, then suddenly we're we're at a press conference. The Russians have come over. And it said that they they make up this bogus thing that now boxers from the Soviet Union are allowed to fight, but it's just in an exhibition match, isn't it? So they organise yes. an exhibition fight. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. By this point, by the time we're halfway through this press conference, I'm supporting Ivan Drago. I agree. This is what I'm saying about like <laughs> like Apollo Creed in this film ultimately comes across as a bit of a dick who's brought it all on himself. Well, because uh, yeah. he's so arrogant. He's horrible. To, to them in that press conference, he's, I, I, he, afterwards he says, like, did I do well? As in, did I try and sell the fight well? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you probably did, but you didn't really really need to call his manager Comrade Big Mouth. Well, yeah. And it's, all, it's the whole, like, uh, arrogance of America. Yeah. The connotations of what the fight is and who the fighters represent is a... It's not. It's not very subtle, is it? <laughs> no, no. But I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and add a hot take here because I actually think that by the end, this is actually quite an astute take on the Cold War. I'm gonna justify my reasons at the end. Ooh. But and my word, I'll need to justify them. <laughs> but but I, actually, I actually think this is the start of quite an astute take on the Cold War. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's fair to say then that Apollo Creed being the US of A is very arrogant and riles up even Drago. And then you can tell that Drago gets mad because whenever he gets mad in the film, um, it causes the camera to freeze frame. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's brilliant. <laughs> How inventive was, was Stallone as a, as a director, you know? Freeze frames and dissolves away to something else. I guess it's just to cut out 20 minutes of extra film because apparently the original cut was two hours long, was an hour longer. Yeah, I want to see the two and a half I hour want to see cut. the two and a half Imagine what must be in that. I would watch every tarnished second of that <laughs> and swill on it. You know what we should do? We should get in touch with those virgins who organised the Game of Thrones petition. This is a cause <laughs> worth fighting for. Release the Stallone virgins. cut, you cowards. <laughs> We want to see the Stallone cut. <laughs> oh, 
so as funny. the director intended. <laughs> and then, like, like at, at this point, has has Drago even said anything by this point, or is he just looking? No, back, he's just looking no. angry on a freeze he's just frame. Upset about. I mean, obviously, you would be because you're getting dissed from pillar to post by an ex heavyweight champion. You know, why would you? Why would you be happy about this? <laughs> While you're like a an army captain as well, he's in like a crisp oh, yeah. army outfit, isn't he? I adore <laughs> it. Like, I, I adore it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, before that, I mean, that's finished, and then suddenly we're at the fight itself, aren't we? Yeah. We've got the most elaborate thing I've ever seen, which is the a ring coming up from under the stadium. Which is, I mean, that is absurd to begin with. With Drago in it, and it was all absurd and elaborate and mind blowing. And then we get James Brown, which takes everything up to eleven. But again, they basically <laughs> they basically take Drago's entrance and rile him up even more. He has no clue what's going on. Bless no, him. No, he stood like... there in the middle of the ring, like rabbit at the headlights and all this like it, all that's, right, that's right, dancers and stuff, and all the crowds waving the American flags, and he's like, "What is what is going on here?" And then it's like. <laughs> He's just getting more and more angry. So it's like, yeah, you're just really pissing this guy off. I think he looks quite nervous as he's going up. Seriously, I think he looks... I think he looks confused. That's Yeah, no, but like, he's like... Because like, I think... Are we going to fight? I think there's like... <laughs> I think there's like... A, there's subtly from Stallone is a suggestion of like unnerve, like a little unsettledness and a bit of like, you know... Um, he doesn't like it, and I think I think this at times this is actually quite sensitive to the Russian contingent of this film. Well, he's out. He's he's out. He's a fish out of water, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Fish out of water is like we do not do this in the motherland. <laughs> <laughs> we respect our fighters because they don't. They they're showing him no respect whatsoever. So I, no, I'm no, one hundred percent on Drago's side here. Exactly. Even though I love James um, Brown, I'm a massive oh, James Brown fan. Well. Just as this is getting too much to bear with James Brown diving all over the place, we go over the precipice of taste and subtlety when Creed appears in a kind of Uncle Sam Chippendales outfit with a giant snorting bull <laughs> from the ceiling. And I'm thinking, like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen and the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, I, I love James Brown's face during the whole thing. It's like he doesn't know why he was there. Like, it's just... Mate, it's just if, James, I mean, James, James, sing your song. Uh, and then, <laughs> so, we'll explain what it is later. Don't worry about it. You can do your cape shit at the end. It's fine. <laughs> he just has no idea what's going you on. Know, now knowing how much drugs that man was on, I think that's very accurate. <laughs> hey, Sly! Sly! You want me to do the full song? You want me to do the full song? Oh, yeah, we're going to leave it all in, James. We're going to leave it all in. <laughs> the full song? <laughs> Maybe do another couple of album cuts as well. Uh, <laughs> Just so I got enough to cut around. The choice of songs as well, you know, living in America. Living like, oh, in America. I th- I think it's I think it's on I think all this is on purpose. I don't think this is necessarily jingoistic at this point. I think this is trying to show a little bit of self awareness from Stallone. I I agree. I think like that is quite oh, understated, yeah, yeah. like how it is laid on thick, and maybe because it was laid on a bit too thick that people sort of brushed it to one side. But yeah, no, I think he does it on purpose. Yeah, it's really this whole this first act is basically going, look how arrogant we are. <laughs> yeah, no, I He's agree. Sending them agree. Up. He's sending up his own country in there. That's own right. That's circumstance. right. Yeah, I think it's great. This is why I don't buy this. This is the most patriotic film of all time because I don't think it is yeah. actually. Yeah. I don't think it is either that or even Drago doesn't like James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> Who is this man? 
<laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love it if he gave him a big left hook. Dearie me, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be box office. Poor James. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, you know, and then we're faced with more lovely clothes, the Hugo Boss corner uniforms, which, which we've discussed Ooh, already. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, but it can't disguise the fact that I'm supporting Russia by this point. <laughs> So, uh... <laughs> is this where Drago says his uh, first words as well? I think it is when he, he's there. They're in the middle of the ring, and Apollo's like, "You don't know the customs of this game, man. You gotta, you gotta knock gloves and wish each other the best." And he just goes, "You will lose." <laughs> yeah, there's his first words, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, this guy is absolutely terrifying." And he tries yeah. to knock gloves with him, and his fists don't even move. Yeah, he's that. Hard. It's like running into a brick wall. Yeah, <laughs> he's that r- solid. Of course, we should always uh, also say this gets revealed later, but we wait to find out that he's juiced to the nines as well. <laughs> like he's absolutely roided <laughs> out. Come back to that. I really didn't like that. It was so needlessly thrown. Yeah, I mean, in, it was. But... I mean, it's one of the least subtle state-sponsored doping programs of all time. While the press are there watching, I mean, it, literally, how many people are? This is. They're not in a hotel room on the what is it on the tour de france trying to funnel secret bags of blood into lance armstrong's <laughs> hotel room they're like plunging needles in this geezer in front of 100 people <laughs> yeah yeah it's not and, and they, they don't return to it either it's just a, no! it's just like like it was wedged in there to go actually everyone's kind of supporting the russian guy here we need to make him we need to make him, him. A yeah, no, wedge yeah. in a, let's wedge in a steroid scene and then he's a bad guy there. what a cheater uh, there we get um, the first fight of the movie really you know we get a couple of little illusions but this is the first like choreographed fight what the Rocky movies have always done so so well is the the fights are exhilarating yes they are brilliant yeah. I mean not accurate in a boxing sense but still really really I, I don't know how far to go with this one <laughs> <laughs> but but they are brilliantly photographed and so exciting they, they are they are they're, they're not interested in it being a realistic representation of boxing at all other than Two men fighting in a ring. <laughs> That's it, this is. We have abandoned the sweet science quite some time ago here. <laughs> well, well, this is at a time like let let's see what nineteen eighty five. Where are we at with boxing movies? So, Raging Bull's been done, which was like yeah. the artistic one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I which I think's still the 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 best. It is. It is the greatest. Yeah. So that, but then anything else? There's not really anything else. I don't think, not to my mind, anyway. What no, this is because I mean, it's... like from the seventies, you couldn't go near a boxing movie because of comparisons to Rocky, because it had done it so well, yeah, and yeah. done it so popularly as well. So you, could, it's like a property you can't touch. The only person, you know, I think it's quite telling that the only person that go near it is the one and only Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and Robert De Niro got himself so good at boxing that he could have turned pro. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a legend, honestly. What a legend. That's such a good British movie. But yeah, they're all terrible at blocking in, uh, in Rocky IV. I mean, there's none. I mean, I think... Um... <sighs> Nobody even tries to duck a shot. <laughs> That's like... Ducks are exciting, aren't they? If someone tries to swing your head off and, yeah. you, try, and you duck under it. Like, just... It's literally just stand in front of the guy and let him punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. What I'm concerned with here is the officiating. <laughs> Because there is no officiating. The referee is there to... He may as well not be there. No, I mean, this referee's better than the one later on because we're going to get to him. But neither of these referees in the two fights in this film should ever be near a boxing ring ever again. I know they're fictional, (laughs) but ever again. I mean, 
They are not protecting the fighters at all. This fight should have been stopped at the end of round one when it was a brutal pummeling in the corner. <laughs> After all the, you know, the swanky dancing about the, um, the good old <laughs> Apollo does, he gets battered without remorse and uh, comes out again. And Rocky is not much of a mate. Stick that towel in, even though he says don't do it. Then spend years making up to him. Don't just, you know, don't visit his grave. Make it up to him later. Uh, honestly, I think seriously, if Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa going off the fights they've had are the best this heavyweight era of got, it is a awful heavyweight era of it's boxing. It's a bad time. I mean, it's a circus era of heavyweight boxing. <laughs> This is this is not the sweet. This is chancing your arm at best. In oh, fairness God. to Rocky, he's never professed to be a great boxer though, because that's what the whole third one's about. Well, he's not. Apollo I mean, has to teach not, him how to know. box, basically, because he's just a brawler. Yeah, he can just take a punch, can't he? Oh no, I mean, it, it's just everyone loves an underdog story, and that's why this has done so well. But Apollo's supposed to be the creme de la creme though, and he's bloody rubbish. Like, he just gets absolutely battered to death. I think that Apollo Creed's um, exhibition record speaks for itself uh, when it comes to his boxing ability. One fight, one death. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, uh, Drago being like, you know, because at this point he's been taking the piss out of, his country's been taking the piss out of, he's been getting this, like, this complete James Brown-based sideshow when he's just trying to get to the ring. And he just looks at Apollo Creed, who's now, like, spasming on the floor. And he just goes, if he dies, he dies. What a legendary line. Yeah. I, this is where it crosses over for me. He didn't kill him accidentally. He knew he was going to murder him. Like, he yeah. hits him with yeah. about 18 shots that he shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no referee. No referee. Referee not interested. I mean, I'm pretty sure... I mean, I don't know the rules of boxing, but I'm pretty sure if a boxer did that and then immediately said that line that they would get their boxing licence immediately revoked. Mate, I, I, I don't know. Like, seriously, every fight Deontay Wilder has, mate, he says uh, before it, I want a, a body on my record. Oh I want to kill God. the man when he's in there. So oh obviously, God. you know, um, money talks and uh, Ivan Drago walks. <laughs> Back to Russia. <laughs> Back to Russia. Is it disrespectful to deliver a eulogy with, uh, with Ray-Bans on? <laughs> yes. Yes. But again, this is the best the best wardrobed film of all time, so we're going to let it happen. Yeah. We'll let that slide. Also, I enjoy the uh, split diopter shot at the start of the uh, funeral, which makes it look like, which hasn't been executed too well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it makes it look like some some of America's most wanted have turned up to Apollo Creed's <laughs> funeral. <laughs> Yeah, usually when you get some shoddy blurring, it's because someone made it in who wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, But no, it was just Stallone cutting his teeth. That's the best way to put it, I think. (laughs) He must have been watching a lot of Brian De Palma, I think. Because there's so many free frames and split diopter shots in this. He's freaking loving it. How many minutes of this film do you think are frozen, are not moving? I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like at to least know. One. It's probably easily one, yeah, yeah. one full minute of this ninety-minute runtime. It's probably stills. <laughs> it's probably easier to say which of these films are fresh from the actual shoot of the film, and not a montage, old film footage, or stills. Oh, stuff. I've actually worked this out. <laughs> what? 
I've done some maths, guys. Do you want to hear the maths on the? Lay us on with Please. some maths. Professor, give us some. So I've worked out that 8.24% of the movie's running time is made up of footage from previous films, which is brilliant <laughs> for me. <laughs> so without that, the film will be clocking in at a cool 83.5 minutes with end credits. So under the 80 minute mark, which is bloody lovely. I just can't believe like how they um, they pad out so much of the film with these ridiculously long montages of old footage <laughs> so whether whether like the, the the next fight's been planned and bridget nielsen's had this big like massive rage at the press conference and um she's kind of right oh yeah and then it goes to stallone and he's like <laughs> driving through the night looking very sexy right. sexual and it's basically Hang a music video that goes on I, don't cheapen this forever. moment Simon. don't cheapen this moment right <laughs> Let's give this the, the love and attention that it deserves, first and <laughs> foremost. So he, uh, he's, he's got to go out to Russia on Christmas Day to fight a big big Russian fella who's just killed his mate. He's not getting paid for it, and there's no and he's had to give up his title to go out. Yeah. His, his agent needs sacking. His agent needs sacking. Who's his promoter? Yeah, honestly, this is a farce. Frank Warren would not stand for this. He would definitely not. This is ridiculous. So he's uh, he's a terror. He's got no promoter, and if he has, he's the worst one in the world. His agent's terrible. No money. <laughs> he's going to live in a shack with no TV for like twelve week training camp beforehand. I don't know when and, to begin uh, he's with. He's leaving this. his son. He's leaving his son alone on Christmas Day to get his head kicked in by a massive Russian. So he's a terrible father. Don't worry about it, James. Don't worry about it, James. The son has. Polly's sex robot to look after him. And, but not only that, he's having a sleepover with two of the mates. <laughs> on Christmas Day! <laughs> His mum and dad aren't there on Christmas Day. Just, just this Polly sex robot with a crusty visor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I don't even know where to... Be. I don't know how to condense or how to talk about this last 40 minutes of this film. Maybe we should do a montage. That's what Sly does. <laughs> That's what he would do. Because, uh, that, honestly, I think we need that. Because this, this film is the film, for me, that tipped montage and the practice of doing a montage into pop culture. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, there, in, the, in the last the 40 montage. minutes of this film, there is, if, there's four montages that last over three minutes from this point in the film. I've got. I've, I did a montage count, much like I did a Van Damme count, a wink count. I've got a montage count here. So the first one is the car ride, isn't it? Where it's the the Garth Marenghi's dark place. Yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It is. There's no easy way out. Right when he leaves Talia Shire, having accepted the grudge match, after she tells him he can't win. Yeah. Oh, which is not nice. That's right. why he goes for a drive because Adrian no longer believes in him. Doesn't think he can win. See, that's not nice. Like I, um, I don't think he can win at this point either. I am, right. I, I'm like even Rocky can get beat here. <laughs> I've, um, I'm at the lowest rung of the boxing ladder, and I, I fight charity, as these boys know, and they've been to my fights, right? Um, when I've gone out to fight for a few hundred quid for cancer research, if Becky were to say to me on the way out, way out you're not going to win that. That would devastate me. <laughs> but no, this geezer's flying out to Russia on the worst training camp of all time. <laughs> oh, well, see you later, so Rock. He gets in his Ferrari with its with its personalised number plate, which is Southpaw, obviously. Oh, obviously. Oh, obviously. Yeah, that's good. And then yeah. the Robert Tepper music comes up. And oh, this yeah. isn't just like a segment. 
of the Robert Tepper song, which is four minutes and 11 seconds long, by the way. It's the full <laughs> bloody song. It's Even when brilliant. it fades out at the end, it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going like, Dead away, It's a great song. I mean, I don't know why music still exists after this particular <laughs> song. We should have just, right, shut the studio down, knock it on the head. We have completed music. music. The whole, the whole practice and culture of music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, ever since 1985... There's no shortcuts home. <laughs> bow, bow. Giving in can't be wrong, oh. no. I mean, even all the messages in the song are right. Oh, it's amazing. They're so on the nose, all the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Four minutes after this montage is finished, you've got another one when they arrive in Russia. It's another three-minute montage straight away is when they get off the plane. Again, another song was like on the nose. Yeah. Two world collide, Ravel Nations. Yeah. Ravel Nations. <laughs> it's a primitive something and something frustration. It's it's amazing. Everything's amazing. And it sounds exactly like Eye of the Tiger as well. It's the same. It does, like, do, yeah. Well, it's, do, do, do. it's, um, it's the same band. Same band, Survivor. <laughs> So we've got it right. There's a training montage after that, which has got more unreal music, which on the soundtrack is called Training Montage. <laughs> and <laughs> just in case you wanted to find it. Um, in fact, um, boys, I sent you a video of me and the kids having uh, fish and chips earlier, <laughs> listening to the training montage sound as we were eating. Uh, Mrs. Parker was not happy. <laughs> then after that, you obviously get Talia Shire shows up and then you have training montage two, which is like a redux version of that. Four montages, all lasting about four minutes. Um, that's yeah. 16 minutes worth of runtime of the last 40 minutes of this film. Um, I think Stallone is not taking the easy way out here as Robert Tepper would have you believe he is carving a whole new cinematic genre here of like cinematic music video (laughs) the film is basically 80% montage isn't it (laughs) and let's be honest these montages are all brilliant as well they are are. the editing on it is superb it really is because I imagine like Stallone had probably shot enough to make an eight hour movie and he's took it to his editor and the editor's gone Oh, for fuck's sake, Sly, you went a bit mental with the film stock, didn't you? Like, ooh, ooh. So he just had to fix it and just went, oh. Don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. <laughs> you could just montage it. And they're all really well done. Like, I look, the one, I, I can't remember which one it is because there's fucking so many of them. <laughs> the one where it's like Rocky training with old stuff. So he's, he's like axing logs and he's doing like pull-ups in a yeah, bar yeah, yeah. and then it's cut in with Drago in this really high-tech gym with all the robots and the arcade machines where he punches the bag and it gives him points of our artist <laughs> And all the needles. Yeah, and he gets tickets afterwards that he can exchange for crappy toys on the desk. Or Russian dolls, probably. <laughs> Again, that's one of those. that's one of those moments where it's like, it's really on the nose and obvious that it's the whole past v future thing. Yeah. But it's actually really well done and it's really well cut together. And then at the end of it, you get Stallone with, you know, the old thing of a passage of time, a delicious beard has grown on Stallone's uh, face. Yeah. James, I think I think in The Punish you called this the my life is over facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is called uh, wilderness training camp facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle differences. Why has he made this decision to train at this 
this shack in the middle. Why is this happened? I don't understand. Hey, he wanted to get why. away from like he wanted to get away from it, mate. He doesn't he want any distractions, but he brought Paulie with him, which doesn't make sense. I mean, Paulie's the <laughs> ultimate distraction, pining for his robot peace. <laughs> he is the ultimate distraction, moaning about everything. We don't even got TV well, no, here. Before they leave for Russia, actually, we should say that he's sick of the robot by then. He's turned into a nagging wife by that point, <laughs> robot. Oh, is this when... Um, Hasn't she? He's like... When they leave the... Oh, yeah, because Rocky's wearing slanted cricket whites when he said goodbye to his son and leaves him in the care of the sex robot. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because Adrian stays for a bit, doesn't she? And then oh, she says, oh, yeah. fuck it, I can't be asked for Christmas this year. I'm not doing the turkey. I'm going to Russia. I mean, if you were left with three kids, two, of which are not your own and a sex robot, you'd be out of there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love during the training montage and we keep cutting back to Drago, he only ever trains in the presence of a massive hammer and sickle flag. <laughs> it's the truth. It's always there. There's a hammer and sickle in every shot that he's involved with. Yeah, Stallone really wants to hammer home that he's Russian. <laughs> Was he Russian? I thought I didn't get it. <laughs> Don't gullibility again like did you not pick that up side did you not pick it up um <laughs> honestly uh I, I, why is rocky training so neanderthally hey, it works why it has works. he got a sled with a whinging poorly on it why has he got rocks in a bag why has he got like a fire why is he rolling about on the floor in a barn why is he lifting hay He's just trying to show I don't understand any of this. Why doesn't he have any sparring partners? No, well, actually, (laughs) the most absurd bit is the first thing they say when they get off the plane, like, no sparring partners out here. And Paulie says, he won't need them. Oh, great. You're going to fight the... Tell you what, right? His first fight was against Mother Russia itself, and he won. (laughs) (laughs) He even gives the KGB the slip when he's out running. (laughs) And gets up a mountain and goes, (laughs) Apollo! When he gets to the top of a mountain. No, he's shouting Drago over and over again. Is that what he shouts? I thought, I thought he Apollo. shouts Apollo. I'm so sorry. He shouts, Drago! What, like, Drago! Oh. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up! And that, that's Hearts on Fire as well, is it? Hearts oh, yeah. on fire, um, don't desire. <laughs> we, so, this is the closest we'll come to doing a musical, I think. I think it is, <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> I think it is. Uh so he has the worst training camp of all time. Um, and, you know, he gets shredded shifting basic materials about, which is what will happen. But I don't know whether his boxing ability is going to improve, but let's face it, it can't get any worse. So let, let's Yeah, but it looks fit, doesn't he, to be oh, fair? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah he's in... <laughs> so shiny. I've been planking all week as a result of watching this. <laughs> I've got so many questions, but I'm having too much of a good time to ask them by this point. So that tells you the film oh, yeah, is succeeding. Yeah, uh, and then we're at the fight. Aren't it all we? works. It all works. Oh, it all works. It all works. The fight's starting. Rocky's kid is having a bender with a couple of mates at home yeah. with the robot in charge with a beard on. As far as I'm aware, that's the sort of looking after situation is the robot is looking after his... That son. is the childcare situation that's been established. <laughs> the, the parents of the sleepover mates need their heads examining. You know, when the robot rang up and saying it's Christmas Day, do you want to bin off your turkey? Get round here because we're going to stay up all night and watch watch this lad's dad in Russia. By the way, I'm a robot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what we feel about that. Don't tell Paulie. Don't tell Paulie that she's got loads of lads around. Uh, right. Someone say something because I'm going to burst about this fight. Oh uh, well, I, I've got to say the way it starts. I think. And I think it's kind of the way the whole film is, and I'm going to be a bit like film school nerd. The way 
he shoots Drago in his entrance is amazing. So he's like, he's a yeah. he's a massive dude anyway, Dolph Lundgren, which I think is like one of the reasons why he initially didn't get the part because he was too big. Yeah, he's huge. Isn't he? I mean, they look different weight classes, don't they? To be fair, they're supposed uh, to both be heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the way they shoot him just makes it he, he makes it even bigger, and he makes him look like he's the he is the hardest man in the world. And this is one of the things what I remember as a kid, like. Because the Rocky films had obviously been and gone by the time I was old enough to watch movies, I knew he'd won and I knew he was the best and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then I'd watched this one and I was like, there's oh, he's no dead. way he's, he's beating dead. this guy. There's no there's way. There's no way he's beating <laughs> yeah. this guy. He's humongous. And he murdered someone in his last fight. <laughs> and he murdered someone in his last fight. <laughs> he definitely murdered him as well. We're not having he killed him by yeah, no. accident that Ringy murdered, murdered him. him. <laughs> he had an option there to stop murdering him. In an exhibition... <laughs> and this is like credit to both Stallone and Lundgren. He's become one of the most iconic pop culture villains. He has, yeah. He's got about five lines in the film, but he's fucking nails. <laughs> just That's like, such a good it, point, mate. He, he's actually, it's, it's a triumph, it isn't it? That they've made yeah, this pop he's, culture he's icon villain. out of this guy. Yeah. He's oh, such a good yeah. villain. Chin-chin. Yeah, he, he's brilliant. And I think it's like both Stallone and Lundgren needs to be given so much credit for Lundgren pulling it off as well. Maybe because he was quite, you know, he'd been in what two, well, you'd said one film, he was a henchman in a James Bond movie. Yeah. And then this, maybe it was quite tactical to only give him a few lines, but it made him way more menacing anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the way, the way Stallone shoots him during this, like the entrance bit, it's like, it's like fucking hell, this guy's, terrifying yeah yeah i think stallone's a decent director you know i think he, oh, he yeah. knows his way around an action sequence that's for damn sure he's brilliant like, there's no oh, getting around yeah, yeah as evidenced by every film he's done from your filmography that you laid out for us before james like he knows yeah. just what he's doing yeah I, I i think as well like yeah with the stallone thing is because of the whole like arnie rivalry in the late 80s 90s they forgot that he's actually a writer and he's a director and he can, you know, he's a triple threat, isn't he? He can do it all. Yeah. He's, he's, he's bloody good. <laughs> he's really he he good. really is. He was. And he's good. He's good as an actor in these movies as well. Really good. Yeah. Well, not according to the Razzies, he isn't, because this film won five Razzies that year. Wow. Including no. worst actor and worst director, which I don't think is fair at all, to be honest with you. I don't and know. worst supporting actress for Bridget Nielsen. She, she's only in about three scenes. That, that's yeah, that's so order. ridiculous. To, to be honest, the only thing the Razzies have ever done right is when they said that um, for Mac and Me, because there was so much product placement in the film, they gave a worst supporting actor nod to Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing they've done well. Yeah, fuck the Razzies. <laughs> it's all a bit of fun, but yeah, fuck that. It's bullshit. It's yeah, like yeah. all the people who, who brought it out and who voted for it. What films have they made? Fucking nothing. Yeah, and yeah. the people who vote on the Razzies or whatever, like, what film do you want to watch at 10 o'clock at night on your bank holiday weekend? <laughs> you want to be watching Rocky <laughs> Four, don't you? Silence yeah. at the back. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> it, was also, it, it was also nominated for Worst Soundtrack, which is... Right. That's just sacrilegious. I mean, I... It's, the soundtrack is fucking amazing. <laughs> why, why, is, why does that... Why do those awards get recognition? Because whoever, I mean, I'm thinking William Wallace territory here for whoever nominated that oh. for this. I want hung, drawn and quartered <laughs> for, for saying this is no good. So if you go like 
That's the worst. That's the worst song of the year. Fuck that shit. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, get out. Go home. Go home. You don't know what you're talking about. Get out, Razzies. You're drunk. Um. Can I talk about this fight? Yes, Yeah, please. go for it. Because you're a fighter, Rob. That's that's a very liberal uh, use of the term there, mate. But... I want your sort of expert opinion on, on how this, uh, from a boxer's point of view, how does this fight Well, no, out? no, from the limited, limited scope of my boxing life, but also being a fan of the sport for years and years, um, I watched the first round. Um, and I was at once amazed at how awful everyone's defences were. I was also amazed at how tasteless the commentary was. They might have to stop this fight or someone will get killed. No, that happened in the last fight. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> that is not helpful. Too soon. Oh, Too soon. But the, the ref is absolutely dreadful. He's absolutely <laughs> dreadful. So I realised very quickly in the first round that the ref actually wasn't going to be involved in this fight. So I've decided that to ref it for him. I, I've scored the fight properly. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've, I've had enough of this referee not protecting a fight. It's be difficult during the middle rounds because you only see about two seconds of each round. No, no. Well, actually... I, I've gone. I address this point actually, that because um, because they show highlights of each round, and I've gone. If they're the highlights, then I'll make a scoring decision based on that. So, I've got a scorecard here for Rocky versus Drago. Go on then. I'm glad you've done this, Rob, because uh, no point in in this film, and I, I can't speak for the other Rocky films, but I don't think we've ever seen a judge's scorecard at any point. <laughs> don't no, need no. them. Don't need well, them. Text them out of the equation. <laughs> Seriously, no, I, I literally, I've done it properly. I will, when this episode comes out, I'll put my scorecard online. Okay. So, <laughs> Amazing, okay. During the first round, I mean, it's it's an absolute farce, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> right, I don't want to talk about the fighting, but it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, the co- tasteless commentary of they're going to have to stop this fight or someone will get killed is so accurate because no one's defending themselves. Uh, the referee's not defending anybody. But I'm, I'm going to give this one as a 10-7. Uh, sorry, no, I would have given it a 10-7 uh, to Drago because of the two knockdowns to Rocky, um, uh, against Rocky. But... Um, <laughs> After the fight, there's some awful pushing by Drago. So I'm going to take a point off him. It's a 9-7 to, to Drago. It's, I mean, after everything that's happened, and it is a once-in-a-lifetime round of boxing, probably the most electric round of heavyweight boxing you're ever going to see. Um, the ref isn't even bothering to count knockdowns at this point. He's just like Rocky's getting knocked down and rolling about on the floor, then hopping back up. I'm going to have to count them. This ref can do whatever he likes. If I've got anything to say with it, he's never going near a boxing ring again. So I'm going to count it the way I see it. Die. <laughs> so we open up with a 9 7 to Drago. Um, round two, um, I mean, again, points off in round two for both men for fighting after the bell. Um, I've got it as an 8 8. The immortal line, the Russian is cut. Uh, the rest of the fight after this point is highlights in montage, but I've still scored it. Round three, 10 9 Drago. Heavy shots and dominance. More punch out from out, output from Drago. Round four, dominant 10 8 to Drago. He could have had a knockdown if it weren't for the ropes, but it's so dominant. I'm going to give it Drago anyway. Round five, such a messy, messy round. Loads of holding. Big knockdown for Drago. His fourth of the fight. That's Rocky knocked down four times. In this fight, it's another Is that 10 the fourth 8 round counted one because he gets knocked down quite a no. few times and just springs straight back yeah. up. 
the, the, uh, at this point, the ref is having a cup of coffee. He ain't interested. He's not. He's not. He's not carrying anybody. He's not protecting anybody. He is doing whatever he likes. Uh, round six. Now, this is the first because. If you think of the cards that I've just read out, Rocky is getting hammered here. Round six, but it's a renaissance for the American. Balboa goes to the body. It's a 10-9 round to the American. Round seven, another massive round for Drago, which saw Rocky cannoning off the ropes all around the ring. Like, I mean, this is another candidate for... I'd have stopped the fight in rounds one, two, three, and now seven. So 10-8 for dominance to Drago. Round eight, it's a massive round for Rocky, who's got one back, 10-9. Round nine, well, the gum shield's gone and the big <laughs> knockdown for Drago <laughs> again. Rocky's kids and the robot are going mad in misplaced delight, but he's getting battered. <laughs> There's two knockdowns, 10-7 Drago. <laughs> Round 10, it's a clear Drago. No knockdowns, but massive dominance from the Russian. 11, Rocky starts well, but gets put down <laughs> very soon after his, his fifth or sixth knockdown of the fight. Has he got sure the I'm worst balance of any boxer ever? I'm not sure he's not just the worst boxer ever <laughs> by this point. 10-8 uh, to Drago. Somehow, round 12 is very, very even. I can't separate them. Even though I don't like to do it, I'm going to give him a 10-10. I don't like giving even rounds, but I'm going to have to. Round 13, it's a great tussle somehow. The stamina of these fighters is electric. Rocky working the body only to receive some monster shots straight afterwards for his trouble. I'd give it Drago, but he keeps throwing after the bell, so it's a point off, so it's a 9-9 round. It has to be. A brawl fires off at the end, where which, I mean, everyone's in the ring. Every man and his dog would get disqualified. It's a complete disgrace <laughs> to boxing, the sport, the countries involved, <laughs> the sanctioning bodies. At this point, Rocky's team are so excited that they tell him it's round 15. It's not. It's round 14 coming up. I counted every single one twice. <laughs> in the only 14-round world title fight in history. Oh, but we realise it's not a 14-round world title fight. Um, they enter the final, final round with the rather incredulous scoreline of 1-2-1-1-1-4 in favour of Drago. <laughs> trainer, the tra Rocky's trainer says to him, you've got to knock him out. Yeah, you've got to knock him out by this point. He needs snookers at this stage. He needs sneakers. Round 14 is a big round for Rocky. He gets the hugely unlikely KO win in one of the worst defensively fought and worst officiated matches in the history of the sport. It's quite well shot, though. <laughs> and every minute of it was amazing. Honestly, you're not wrong at all. At one point, I expected the referee to start holding Rocky so that Draco could lay into it. It was, I, He's I, a yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Every minute of it. Because, you know, can you imagine if the fight was stopped quite rightfully in round one? Like, oh, this is a mismatch. He's been training with logs in the wilderness. Can't fight him. He's doped up to his eyeballs. Russian laboratory. I agree with your cards uh, for the most part, Rob, but I'm pretty sure Rocky had the second round. I would have given it a 10. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, I'm just going to have a look. The, the second round, ah, oh, no, no. It's, they fought after the bell and Rocky got knocked down. Oh, did he? Is that the one where he cuts Drago? It is, yeah, yeah. I think he lands one, he lands one shot in that whole round. <laughs> it is, I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a peach. But at the end of the day, you know, an 8-8, a point either side going into the last, <laughs> the 14th round. At 1-2-1-1-1-4, we're not making big difference here, really. <laughs> I mean, who is Drago's coach at this side? He's like, get on the end of your jab, mate. You've won this at a canter. 
Like, oh. just keep him at bay. By the third <laughs> round, you're switching in off and you're keeping him away. No, 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 no. But by this it's, point, uh, I mean, by this point, Drago's just totally lost his head because the crowd are now cheering for Rocky. That's right. That's right. Which I didn't really. I didn't because really... apparently Russians really like it when you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> I didn't really get that at all. But uh, and he feels a bit betrayed because like he gets a lot of shit from his corner, and he's like, "You're embarrassing the country." And he's like, "No, when I fight, I win for me." And blah blah blah. And I feel sorry for, for Drago. Me. At this stage. I, I do, feel mate. Sorry I for do. Drago at this stage, like, because he's just I, a I puppet. Isn't Drago... he? The whole time, he's just a puppet. He is, yeah. And then he choke slams that dude through a table, doesn't he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks him up. <laughs> Undertakers him through a table. Like. But like, again, we, you know, through this whole fight sequence, we touched on it before. The editing is incredible during this. Oh, it's whole brilliant! Bit. It's yeah. so good yeah, it's because it's really you good. can imagine like they shot that fight and they shot reels and reels and reels and reels of footage, and they had to cut that down into like this, you know, really fast-paced fight. And it's such a well-made sequence that whole fight. It is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's got jokes in it and everything. Like inaccurate as it is to boxing, it's well made. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm having, a, I'm having a load of fun talking about <laughs> it like that. But it is, it is the most exhilarating scene I can think of from the eighties or amongst them. Definitely there. If you think of big eighties action scenes that really made your blood pump, I can't think of many that will get it pumping more than the Rocky Drago fight. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's not a sports movie at this stage. It's, it's not, is it? It's more like not. a superhero yeah. film. Like, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're just trading leather, like, non-stop, just bashing each other in it's the face. It's so great to watch. No one throws a jab in the entire film. Everyone no. is winding up with huge power shots on every single <laughs> exchange. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be dead after three rounds. You wouldn't be able to lift your arms. Well, can, Drago yeah. might, because he's juiced to the nines, but... I'm still waiting for the referee to do anything to protect anyone here, but it's not going to happen. Um, what about at the end? Obviously, Rocky wins, and um, there's the speech, the one that seems to this is the moment, isn't it? That people get a little bit wound up yes. about. What the Cold War uh, on the nose um, thing? Yeah. What was your take? Well, Rocky just sorts it, doesn't it? Like he's beat up the, he's overcome the odds. Beat up Ivan Drago. He's like, right, I'm going to have a crack at politics as well now. While I'm like, fill my boots. Like, no one said I could beat him up. I'm going to try and sort this Cold War out as well. I think he does so. He's got uh, Gorbachev's doppelganger on his feet clapping, and then he's got all the crowd singing his name. <laughs> so why not, not dip into in, into politics? I admit that I originally hated that when I when I was first sort of not the first time I saw it because I didn't know what was happening when I was like ten. But when I saw it as an adult, I hated it a while ago. But now I've come back round to thinking he's admitted mutual dislike, hasn't he? Yeah. I'm definitely going to push this forward that this is actually, this is not a jingoistic film, actually. I think this is more about peace. I think the sides are irrelevant. Yeah. I think this is more about peace and the fact that you can accept each other's other's negative points. Because I think he sent up America royally here. In this film, Stallone. I think so, yeah. While simultaneously playing to the gallery as well, because all the patriotic yeah. Americans are going to love all this. As Seriously, well. like I, no, I, I, and then by the end, <laughs> you're going to go out, and it's the middle of the what is it, eighty five? You're going to go out of this, and you're going to be much more sympathetic to the worldwide political landscape, yeah. landscape because of watching Rocky. 
I think this is a lot more astute than people give it credit for. Stallone's a smart guy, you know. If you see him talk on chat shows and stuff like that, he's not an idiot by any stretch no, of imagination. No, no. So, not at all. But, so basically, like, Bridget Nielsen is the mouthpiece for uh, all the sort of anti-American stuff. So maybe that's why she was sort of giving a raw deal on the sort of American side of it. I don't think she's particularly bad in this film. All she does is... No, not at all. The only thing is... No, she's not. She's barely in it. I mean, like, what this nonsense of worst supporting actress? Yeah. I mean, give over. Her, her basic script is a, is a is an anti-American rant throughout the time she talks. So maybe that's why you, your Rotten Tomatoes critics and your Metacritic critics have proper gone in on her because... Americans don't like that. But it's all in defence of what they say exactly, to her. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would have been uh, amazed to have seen if the Cold War ended in 1986 and I would have been like, oh my God, <laughs> it was actually because of Rocky. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, if it was down to me, Rocky Rocky solved everything. I think if um, Sylvester Sloan's honest with himself, that's probably what he was hoping for as well. See <laughs> <Yeah>. if <laughs> <laughs> the movie can get... This movie never came out in Russia, let's be honest. <laughs> Imagine, no, but can you imagine, like in the in the nice quiet halls of the White House, not the present White House, the previous White House administration, because there's nothing quiet about the current White House administration. But um, back then, can you imagine if, like, it was just a known, like, an, an open secret that Rocky Four was part of the reasons that the Cold War was ended? It opened you know? the channels. For I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, if you've got that many people well, going was, seeing it. Was Reagan president then? Because he used to be a movie star, so he could identify. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, but even though like <laughs> all these people that say that this is um, an anti-Russian film, I don't think that at all. Oh, I, I, don't I don't think I, it is no. at all. It's really not. Nice. in any way. No. I, I think it's celebratory of our differences between people and cultures. Um, I, I think that um, it's a bridge. Stallone is building a bridge here, it, and he's sending up his, his own nation while he does it. It's so it's so laid on. But thick. at the same time, he does say that the Russians quite clearly cheat at sport. Like that is that is unhelpful. That is unhelpful. So for me, that is the, that was the and it's only a shot. It's a fleeting shot of a needle going in yeah. his arm whilst he's yeah like, lift doing curls. Um, <laughs> was it between curls? Yeah, like between curls. Like, out of all the things, what was supposedly cut from this film, I just, that that should have been one of them because it just wasn't needed. Like you know, no, Drago's it wasn't. So. We already know his nails. Yeah, he's already killed his mate. You know, he's already hard as nails. He doesn't need to be a bad guy even more. But again, yeah. I would, you know, I would love a situation to have a chance to speak to Sloan and see whether that was added in later because maybe they wasn't. It Russia wasn't bad enough at that point in the film it maybe it was they had reason to be yeah, yeah the way yeah. they were and they just needed an extra bit to be like fuck those cheating bastards blah blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember that being a hell of a lot bigger a point because i remember that that he was a cheater and that he was a you know steroids and all yeah that stuff. yeah yeah it's one shot it's one shot in the whole. It, it really yeah, is, it and is it's not shot. repeated again, it and it's at all. Not at all. It's it's so strange, and I think like we're conditioned, aren't we, to respond to cheats very, very um, gutturally, aren't we? You know, yeah. and like so, as soon as yeah. we see that, we're like, oh no, no, no. That's the quickest way you build a villain is you make him a cheat. Exactly, it's a weird inclusion that. But did you just go back to the fight? Did you hear the the, the bit of trivia that? Uh, the fight, Stallone wanted, wanted realism, so they actually punched each other up during the fight. Oh, legends. And uh, legends, it, got yeah. to, 
And he had to yeah, go to the hospital. Yeah, he got to the point where... Don't fancy that, blinking egg. So he got punched in... Really? He got punched in the chest. And they carried uh. on, and Stone was like, oh, I don't feel too well, and he, you know, went home. And then the next day he got admitted to hospital, and it was like, they said he'd heart, his, his heart had had the impact of a car crash, because... Oh, my God. Lundgren had punched him so hard in the chest that his heart bounced around in his chest, and it swollen up, and it, it's like, bloody hell. Why would you need to give that guy a syringe scene to make him seem more hard? <laughs> <laughs> you are not at all. Uh, yeah, I think Lundgren is great in this. I think Stallone's great in this. I do, I do. Yeah. Boy, boys, can I get your um, best bits? What's your favourite bit? I mean, for me as a huge Rocky fan, uh, there's no easy way out into cut with all the best bromance moments between Rocky and Apollo from the previous instalments. I mean, it's just cinema for me, that, to be honest yeah. with you. I could watch that on a loop forever and never get bored. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure that a lot of the uh, the shots of Stallone looking in his rearview mirror are reused again. And again. <laughs> Thereby adding to the runtime of footage we've seen before. <laughs> and, you know, it's just soundtracked by the greatest song of all time, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> Robert Tepper, in case any listeners want to go and get it. Robert Tepper, you're welcome he on here. He can do a anytime. remix of our... Uh, of our oh, he definitely well. can. Like, what after we tried Daft Punk a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> oh, I got an email. Did not tell you. <laughs> did, what? No, I did it again. I did the thing. Did you get an email? Did you get an email? Who from? I'm a, such an idiot. Honestly, uh, my favourite bit was uh, the. It was a superb shot, and it mirrored one from um, Rocky Two, I think, when uh, he's he's drawing his his montage in Russia. And he pulls Drago's mirror off, uh, picture off the mirror, and then it just cuts to his face, and he's looking straight oh, yeah. in. It's great, and he yeah. just scrumples oh, up Drago's yeah. picture, and it's like, hearts on yeah. fire. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's an underrated mo- uh, moment in the um, in the No Easy Way Out montage? Is that he shot um, like a Jake LaMotta type scene with with Ivan Drago, just like slow motion, just shadow boxing in the corner, oh, like, and then he's oh, into corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's really because that shot never appears. It's so yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's like a it's like a spectral image. It's it's lovely. Oh, there's so much that's lovely about this. Um, my I, for my best <laughs> bit, I'm gonna go with any time any human being is wearing clothes in this film. <laughs> Um, the, honestly, the clothes in this film. Rocky training in black jeans and a sheepskin jacket towards the end. That is incredible. Um, the Obviously, mad props to the top-hatted um, Uncle Sam Chippendale's outfit that Carl Weathers sports. Uh, anything that Rocky wears when he's at home, just like cricket whites and Adidas tracksuits. And Bruce Lee dressing gown pyjamas. I'm just, I'm, I'm in all this. I just love it because no matter how rich he gets, no matter how much amazing 80, 80s garb he gets given, he's still just Rocky at the end of the day. And I just, I love it all. I love it all. Yeah. Um, so tell me, for your reconsideration, um, James, would you like to go last because it was your pick? We'll yeah, go yeah, first. Sure, yeah. Si, yeah. si, what do you think? For your reconsideration. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a yes. Um, I think <laughs> I would just love to show this film to like someone who is like 18, 19, who's never seen it before. I mean, I, I think it's quite impossible to have someone who's never heard of Rocky or never seen a Rocky film, but I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm this in this weird mid-30s bubble where I think everyone's seen the same films I have. I would love to get a modern take on this film because uh, I hadn't seen this for 20 years, something like that. Oh. 
I thought it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. It was just, it's just like, it's the most efficient movie. It's basically two parts boxing, ridiculously unrealistic boxing matches, one part montage. <laughs> one, one part music video <laughs> montage. Uh, it's just... The it's recipe just, for a Rocky film. <laughs> it's just ace. The only thing I didn't like about it was like how many times Carl Weathers said Stallion. We get you his name is. Fucking stop it. It's like a. Well, I think that's a safe word to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> what between Paulie and the robot bride? <laughs> stallion, 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 stallion. stallion, stallion. stallion. <laughs> yeah, this film is. This film is. Uh, it's amazing, and and I share the same thing as what I said before when I was a kid that this was the most memorable one for me as a kid, um, was my favourite when I was like 10 years old. And it's, I think it's my favourite still. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, for my part, that if our civilization was to be crushed by a meteorite tomorrow and we'd all, and, and in, in, a, in a thousand years' time, like... We'd all be fawning over, like we do with the, you know, the the casts from Pompeii, you know, of the people who were out buying a baguette and whatever. That one who was jacking off. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try not to say that, James. Uh, <laughs> I think Rocky IV is that important as a will prove that in, this that important as a cultural text. Uh, I think this is in, it, this is indicative of a much loved period of cinema, uh, a time um, that was a lot simpler, but. Nonetheless, so so appreciated for just this sheer enjoyment of going to the movies. Uh, I don't buy all this uh, hocus pocus that this is a jingoistic load of rubbish. I think that Rocky, sorry, I, I was calling Stallone Rocky. I think Sly has sent up his own nation in a a human piece of cinema. If it weren't for a syringe shot that actually changes things slightly <laughs> throughout the course of discussion, but I, I don't, I don't, I think this is great. I love it all. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but like we said, with so many movies, get in there, know what you're going in to watch, and just have an absolute whale of a time. I had such a whale of a time watching this again that I am going to crack open a beer as soon as we finish recording, and I'm going to watch it again <laughs> James I think you're on to a winner here mate yeah yeah I think I mean this has gone way longer than the actual running time of the film <laughs> <laughs> so yeah absolutely uh, for your reconsideration absolutely uh, cinema is a wide and all encompassing spectrum of taste sometimes you're in the mood for Citizen Kane and sometimes you're in the mood for montages 80s air rock and sliced alone having a massive rook with a massive Russian uh, you know, it's it's very much of its time, but for me, this is an exhilarating 90-minute David and Goliath story, great montages, OTT fight sequences, and a phenomenally shit-slash-amazing 80s soundtrack. Take it for what it is, switch your brain off, and have a bloody good time. It's a big old recommend from me. That is unanimous. And that might be off... Um, well, we've had a couple of unanimous ones, but that is like a gold standard unanimous. Overwhelming. Um, and who'd have thought it would be for Rocky Four? For all you haters out there. Um, <laughs> next week's movie, what have we got? Oh, sorry, is this me? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep that in, please. Uh, was not paying attention. Uh, sorry, oh, next week's movie is my choice, and we're going to um, Mega City 1 uh, for oh, yeah. not not to revisit Stallone again. Boom. Fuck that shit, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to go to Alex Garland's... Um, 
exquisite, I think, exquisite movie, uh, Dread, next week. Oh, can't wait. I love that film. It's great. Get it watched. I don't know if it's on any of the, I don't think it's on any of the VODs, but to be perfectly honest, this is, if you haven't got it already, it's, this is worth a purchase. At least a HD rental, at the very least. It's Yeah, I mean, it was on Film 4 a couple of weeks ago, so it might be on catch-up TV, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it might cut. Sometimes on film four, the films loop round again quite quickly. So, although yeah. by the time yeah. this episode comes out, that'll be months from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, boys. Thanks for listening. As always, hit us up on Twitter at uh, FYR Film Pod. Send us some emails at reconsiderpod at gmail dot com. Actually, we've been getting a lot of contact from listeners, which is just lovely. So keep sending us your ideas and thoughts. We're getting a lot of ideas for films we should discuss. So soon, I think, you know, we're going to have to start opening up to uh, to listener suggestions. Um, so if you've got any suggestions, please send us in. And um, if you have any five-star reviews hiding under your bed, send them our way as well, please. Uh, say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> David Attenborough saying farewell. <laughs> There's no easy way out. There's no shortcuts home. <laughs>